Blog Talk Radio. Raina Star. Oh boy, I am so glad it's Friday. I know you are too. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, bodily function, or anything else I might say might upset you, this may not be the show for you. But you know it is. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out her limited edition Halloween special on her social media page. It's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Get them while they're there because those candles are selling out, people. Anyway, this is how you know you have friends in the pagan community. When people who are moving say they're going to stop long enough to spend an hour with you, that's how you know you have true friends. My guests for the hour are the amazing Chris Oropello and the lovely Tara Love McGuire. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. I wanted to ask you that. I'm fine. You guys are the ones who are packing. What's going on? (laughs) Well, you know, we just bought a house. So like you know, know, not the listeners may not know, but we were waiting to close on this house for a little over a year. 12 months and 20 years. So really, we were the desperate house witches for a year. (laughs) 12, 12 months and 25 days. Now, I do recall we had a conversation at one point where somebody might have mentioned, we need a little more time to, you know, get some things looked at and such and such and so on and so forth. And I remember requesting if I could do a little work on that. Apparently, it worked a little too well, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of us all contributed to that. So, you know, because I think I might have said I might have put some offerings into the ancestors about, you know, everything going well and having, you know, like having enough money to do everything that we need to yeah, do. Yeah, having enough money. Is like that with the wording? I don't, sure. I don't remember this the wording, but I think it kind of set us up for <laughs> the roller coaster that we went on for the last year, which involved new septic systems and new wells and wow. inspections and yep. and just and and in this current climate. You know, everything is taking really long to happen. And I think sure. probably there's a little bit of human error in there, too. Um, but, yeah. you know, because none of that should have taken a year, but it did. Yeah. Uh, and there were other things that, that went on that were just unprofessional and things like better that. Left better left unsaid. Better left unsaid. Gotcha. But gotcha. We, love the ha- we love the house, and we're, we're yeah. really thankful to finally be there and in it. Oh, that's great. So, um, is it is it like a done done deal? Is it all complete, ready to go? Like no more, no yes. more having to wait for certain things. Yay! Yes, yes. yes. We closed. <laughs> we closed officially on September 29th. 
That's awesome. Congratulations. I love hearing a success story. So many times, Thank you. you know, yeah. even when things are, yeah, I mean, even when things are are at going very well, it, it's often a hassle, you know, getting everything settled to buy a house. I've never personally purchased one. It kind of scares me because I'm 59 and I'm like, well, my kids are grown. What the fuck do I need a house for at this point? But, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a city rat anyway, so, you know, housing in a big city is really fucking expensive. Um, so mm. it's something I've avoided my whole life. I mean, yeah. So, but I'm so happy for you guys. Many, many blessings for the future. This is going to be great. Um, as I often ask, um, where am I sleeping when I come to visit? But I'm sure you'll have a room <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yes, we we do have we we do have a guest room planned. Yes. So. Yay! That, more than one space. Too. Well, more, more than one space for people to sleep, but definitely there'll be a guest room. Yeah, planned, like a, like an actual um, real guest room. Because you know we have musician awesome. friends and everything from working on the show, oh, yeah. and they you know they we would love oh, to yeah. have them over and do like a house concert or mm-hmm. or just as a stopover between yeah. point A and point B. We on could their never tour do it in whatever, the apartment so. before, so. Now we'll now we'll have that yeah. opportunity to like yeah. host things. So how are y'all doing pandemic wise? Ha- has anything changed? Have you encountered any re- regulations or things changing up up there? Um, Jersey is in a really weird place right now with COVID. Like our our emergency executive order has been lifted by the governor. Um, but the numbers climbed again, like they, they dipped for a while when like, uh, vaccinations were starting to be like a really big thing for the public, um, back in like June ish, you know, they, they really started to have like a very happy dip. And then all of a sudden sometime in like August ish is when things started creeping back up again because they lifted like the mask mandates, um, across the state. Uh, they made it like a voluntary type of thing, which it is still voluntary in many spaces, but retailers yeah. can have their own rules, which almost every single one of them is requiring mass to enter. But some, they don't stop anybody that I've seen. Um, you know, a, going out to eat, it's about, depending on which restaurant you go to, it's about half and half with who's wearing masks yeah. and who's not. Um heavily skewed in certain directions, depending on what type of establishment you're in. Um, But I mean, for like us, it's just been the same. Chris is still working in person. I'm still working remotely. You know, my job load is increased due to the increase in the pandemic. Um, I I would also reckon that his job load is increased due to the pandemic because it's like that construction boom that's going on. So it's, oh, it's yeah. everything's just been kind of like standing holding pattern for us. Yeah, we're definitely yeah, seeing supply thing, issues at work. So. I was oh, just sorry. going to say, no, 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 no. You you actually went exactly where I was going. Supply chain management mm-hmm. issues seem to be doing a lot of um, interesting dips and twirls as far as getting building products. As far, well, actually, as far as getting any products, I mean, I work, you you know, you work in one end of the field, I work in the furnishings field, and it's like, 
Waiting for mm. parts to fix shit used to take three to four weeks. Now it's taking seven to eight. It's it's really been interesting. Yeah. Steel, I hear, is in short supply. And, you know, it's it's just really been kind of crazy. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm seeing things like that across the board. You know, I'm I'm working on some witch bells, and because certain metals are are scarce, like the prices of just little raw materials is ridiculous. So, yeah. wanted to ask, since I saw on somebody's post on Facebook something about 2021 house witchcraft publishing. Excuse me, publishing. Did I hear that right? Um. What's that about? No, I just meant that I just meant we had gotten published, but not in 2021. Not in 2021, no. If I was going to answer that question now, those are the things I would say. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. I was getting all excited because I was like, something new, something new. (laughs) I was all, I was all happy. (laughs) No, sorry. Once, once we're settled, we're we're gonna have. A whole lot of projects all of a sudden start moving pretty quick, I think. Um, I, well, I don't even want to make any – I want to make promises, but I don't. There won't you be know. promises. Because, I mean, <laughs> like, no, as, no, like no. a lot of the listeners I, have... I would not ask you to. No, I wouldn't ask you to make yeah. promises. However, I, I'm not above asking you to make predictions. <laughs> well, that was my that was my prediction once, once we move. <laughs> and yeah. we just, there you go. Um, we're we're going to likely, you know, a lot of our stuff that's been backburnered is going to start moving like because right before the pandemic, we were getting ready to like put our our apothecary business online and like make that more of a thing. You know, we were we were starting to uh make movements towards having more types of workshops and things online and available for like beyond like our local sphere. So just yeah. between pandemic and then house buying that ate all of our brains. Oh yeah. Um, and then I just understand. for like the, the crafting side and art side, you know, once we move, we'll yeah. actually have space to do those things in. Yeah. Um, like I, I hope to have more statues available through sacred source. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll have, a, you know, have a place to work again and yeah. I'll actually be able to make molds and cast pieces for their use so that they can produce, they can produce the items on their end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of things got put on hold. A lot of things kind of grind, ground to a halt because of the pandemic and waiting for the yeah. house. Yeah. Cause every, every day it was like, what's going on? What's going on? Did we get an email? Right. Let's, let's, let's what, ca- what carrots being dangled yeah. today? Yeah, what's carrot, what carrots being dangled today? And you know, wow. I know the listeners of the podcast definitely noticed it because we haven't put out a lot of shows this year, Mm-mm. and it's just it's all culminating from all from that stuff. You know, yeah. the pandemic, wait, the house stuff, and uh, yeah. and my job. I've been working like over about fifty five hours a week. Yeah. So it's just you know six days a week, fifty five hours a week. So it's really, you know, life has changed a lot for us. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, you know, some folks might think, oh, you're working all these hours, that's so great, blah, blah, blah. It really does suck the life out of you, especially under the certain circumstances that we're under now, you know, with things being harder to get 
and, you know, we're still under certain protocols. You're working outside of the house. I'm working outside of the house. I get it. And I wanted to ask you guys, are you surprised by the number of pagans who are still denying that the pandemic is real? Um, I, I am not that aware, or at least I just stopped taking notice because I have no time for those people. <laughs> just don't. Okay. <laughs> and it, it just and that and that and that extends to all areas of my life. I have no time for any of those people. So. Yeah. I understand that. I think we've gotten, you know, as pagans, I think a lot of us have just really kind of, um, we've had our patience tested and pushed, and mm-hmm. I, I find it really difficult to entertain some folks in a magical sense in my head because of certain beliefs that have come out, um, especially over the last four years, um, you know, but even now. I, I am continuously amazed by the amount of folks who are like, no, nah, I don't want to wear a mask. It's an, it's an option. It, it really shouldn't have been. I don't think, I mean, I know that the, the listing of mandates was meant with good intentions. I just think it was an epic failure. Are you, you seeing mm-hmm. that too? I think it was rolled out poorly. I, I don't know how yeah. you could have rolled it out any differently. I think it just the the American public isn't primed to be uh, possible. We we are no no we are not primed in any capacity to treat empathy as something to aspire to. It's not in our culture. I mean, there's a number of us who are and who who practice you know empathetic interaction with the just strangers or compassionate interaction with strangers but mm-hmm. by and large american culture does not run on that it's predatory it, it's predatory it's yeah. predatory and it's fuck you where's Very mine true. and so yeah, when you try true. to right like when you try to brand this public health effort as protect your fellow human they're gonna go fuck you mm-hmm. pussy you know it's it, it's instead of mm-hmm. e- even though the masks yes they, they are to protect your fellow human but it could have been branded differently had there been uh, more politicians who fo- then followed suit with such branding, you know, it would have gone well, in different ways, yeah. I feel. Um, and it, it just surprises yeah. me in this day and age when we have so many marketing teams that are working for so many entities that people would be surprised by that have a marketing and PR team. But it's also finally mm-hmm. marketed in the fact that that got missed somehow. Is what but, pisses me you know, off. We we have this this culture that has allowed, I'm gonna, for lack of a better term, just like small minded moronic politicians to hold 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 positions hold court. and hold court, and then present yeah. because of who they are and how they conduct themselves, present poor examples for the people to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, we allow right. quote quote unquote news agencies that are deliberately uh, selling misinformation and disinformation to people and twisting things and putting out agendas and propaganda when they should not be like granted free speech. I get it, but we need like the government needs to step in and be like, if you don't, if you can be, if you brand yourself as news, yeah, if you brand yourselves as, as news, you are 
you are completely, by law, required to present unbiased both sides of the issues. Not even just, just both sides, but just unbiased reporting. But just completely, yeah, completely is, unbiased which reporting, is what which is what it, it should have been. Be at yeah. a certain point. Yeah. You know, things that need it to be was. things that are opinion should yeah. be listed as opinion rather than as. Here's a news article for, you know, mm-hmm. your grandma to forward and annoy the shit out of you on Facebook. You know, and we've it's kind of done this to ourselves true. by allowing these things to foster. Mm-hmm. I know. totally agree. I, I have had this conversation more than once where I have said to someone, what you're showing me are opinion pieces. What I'm asking you to do is find the facts. And right. folks are only looking for opinion pieces that agree with their opinion. And we got to this point. I know everything is a gradual build, but it looks like we got to this point rather quickly because of the availability of people to just talk to us from anywhere. And the fact that we are so happy to accept something that sounds good to us as opposed to what might really be going on, I'm still astounded by that. See, I had this vision, stupid as it was, that when certain administrations ended that, like, people would snap out of it, kind of like coming out of a trance, as it were. Oh, no, that didn't happen at all. And it's frightening (laughs) to me. Right? No, but seriously. The idea that you get to decide what your own facts are, I mean, that was always the argument. I mean, you can have your own opinion, but not your own facts. And they're like, fuck you. We're going with our own facts. And I'm like, wait a minute. When did this become a complete fucking madhouse? And it was happening mm-hmm. while I was asking the yeah. question. Yeah, well, yeah, like facts are debatable. And who, people who think it is. Who was the one who brought up alternative um, facts? I don't know. Was that? I don't know. Was, was that? that was, uh, um, that was Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> who had alternative facts. That fucking dipshit. I dis as as someone from New Jersey, I disavow her from our entire state. She's from Hamilton. I, I second that motion. <laughs> she is she has been exiled out of state. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's unbelievable the shit that people decided that they were happy to swallow. I found it rather shocking myself, but I guess nothing should really shock me anymore because Trump made everything possible in the worst possible yeah, I mean, way. Yeah, I mean at least I try to find solace in that everything about that whole side of the equation has been wrong over and over and over again. And eventually, some mm-hmm. of them are going to get their heads out of their asses and realize how fucked up everything was and how fucked up they were for that period of time. It's just, you know, at least right. I take solace in the fact that, yeah, yeah, you know. I sincerely hope so. that that is correct because I am still besieged by, you know, certain certain factions of their belief system that are like, oh, no, no, it's it's going to be fine. This is just a temporary uh, change of power, but we're going to come back stronger. And I'm like, oh, shit, no, please don't. 
Please don't come back stronger. Please don't come back at all. We are much better mm-hmm. off without the likes of what we just had. Um, and we're just trying to regroup as a country uh, to get back to some kind of level of, of what could be construed as normal, maybe. But I'm not even sure that that's going to happen. And there are moments when I'm not even sure it should. Because I think our complacency, us as in the general us, is how we got to this point. Because people just didn't want to believe that things could go horribly wrong. And then they mm-hmm. did. So it's, it, it's an amazing lesson in humility of, yes, everything can go fucking wrong. Believe it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not always someone there to save the day. And as the reports come out, about how perilously close we were to losing democracy, it doesn't seem to be shaking anybody enough for them to say, well, we're not going to ever let that happen again. I mean, how do you stop it? What do you do magically? You know, I'm like first getting into crystals now, and I'm like, what crystal overthrows the patriarchy? I have no idea. Um, the, the, The heaviest crystal that you can throw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good one, Chris. <laughs> that was funny. But seriously, I mean, it's something I think about all the time. Energetically and magically, what can we do? We are now in the serious retrograde where everything is upside down. Everything political is like a, a roller coaster. One minute everything's fine, the next minute everything is shit. I mean, I can't even bear to listen to it anymore. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming, and especially because of social media, you know, because it's you can't even yeah. scroll through just your friends list without being besieged by news article after news article after opinion piece after hot take after this thing. Oh, I've, and I've unfollowed and unfriended and blocked some still, people. Like it I've, still comes through. Most of my most of my yeah, my news feed it. is really tightly curated, and it still comes in. Like, it's just because somebody sees an article and they post it. I try, like, hell to not post news articles because I'm not going to follow it up usually with any type of commentary. And I don't want to add to the collective misery. Like, I, I, I don't want people to stay ignorant, but I don't need to add to the to to the yelling into the void type of thing right you know it's people people will find that information elsewhere they don't need to get it from me i'm not a news source right no i totally understand that but like you know just like chris said you know i have i have been really shocked and i have gone through Mm -hmm. and blocked and you know there's people that i still have on my friends list and I know what mm-hmm. some of these folks are about, but, you know, it's like I, I can't delete everyone, <laughs> you know. I mean, I could. I'd be very lonely. Yeah. But most of, my, <laughs> most of the people on my friends list are really good folks. You know, it just amazes me how some people are still willing to just get into these online shouting matches, you know, about – What's shit? I was married to a fucking Trump supporter at one time. I mean, he wasn't a Trump supporter then, but I found out right. uh, that my first husband wound up being a Trump supporter, and it's like, 
I had to like Ugh. disavow him, block him. I won't talk to him. And it's all because mm-hmm. he was spreading the big lie. And I'm like, are you fucking insane? You know, and I'm like, oh, God, I used to actually sleep in the same bed with you. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was yeah. summarily grossed yeah. out by the idea. Because yeah. he wasn't a Trump supporter when we were married. That's like 30, 40 years ago almost. So, yeah. I mean, but people change, <laughs> and it's so interesting. Yeah. It, it can be hard to watch, like... When when you look at Facebook, I'm getting memories that come up from like 11 years ago. Mm. I've had that account uh-huh. for 11 years, and like I see different people comment on posts that'll you know just come up in my memories from that long ago, and I see the changes uh-huh. in certain people and the people who are no longer in my life, um, the yep. the other people I no longer support. In mm-hmm. certain ways, you know, like the podcast that I no longer listen to, the the occult personalities that I no longer pay any attention to what they have to say because of how they changed. Um, it's, yeah. it's an interesting walk through all of that. I find it interesting mm-hmm. that so many people have changed in a really short amount of time, some of them. And it's it's. Some of it's for the better, some of it's really not, and kind of nerve-wracking. I mean, you could think you know somebody for a really long time, and then they'll do something that seems kind of out of the blue, and then you ask yourself, did I miss the signs? Did did something occur to make this person suddenly go from being this kind of person to that kind of person? And it's just really interesting to see how – not just how other people have changed, but how many things I've changed myself oh. through the same through the same methodology. Facebook me- memories is pretty hilarious when it brings up something from like 2009 that I might have said or felt or did, and it's like, I mean, quite frankly, some of it's like, oh, you hokey bitch, <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, please. Get off it. You're, you're, oh, aren't you so, so, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've had my moments where I just thought I was so very, but you know what I mean. It's, you grow, you change. I mean, you know, people should be allowed to evolve in hopefully a, a more beneficial direction. But it isn't always the case, and it's really kind of disappointing. Yeah, especially when it's somebody who you feel like you've had some level of familiarity with, you know, someone that the, mm-hmm. the, the people that you've known like since high school or for several years or oh God, even yeah. just internet mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. Internet friends that you've had for a really long time. You know, I've definitely had yeah. people that I've been friends on the internet with people for 20 some years at this point. And wow. if one of them suddenly <laughs> gets ridiculous that's like, even though I've never met that person in my life, if face-to-face, I've known them for 20-some years, like that's still a significant wound that can happen yeah. when that relationship deteriorates. And the same type of feelings come up when you're realizing that something has gone awry, you know, just just like any, any others. You know, even yeah. before the pandemic hit, I found it interesting that, 
I stopped having a lot of in-person friends and actually had a lot more friends that I'd never met before. And Mm. as obviously as the pandemic has continued on, that's become more so. Has that been true for you too? Um, I mean, actually, I don't think it really has been, only because we were kind of socially isolated even before the pandemic. To an extent. You know. You know, like, we we have a circle of friends. We have an extended circle, but, like, a lot of our extended circle is in Philadelphia, and just events there it becomes the going to the city thing, you know, like where are you going to park and all of this other stuff. And uh, a number of our friends have gone in different directions than we did. Like we have people who've had kids, you know, we're not necessarily going to go to kid events or something like that. We have other events that are going on, you know, closer to home. So we're going to those. So the connections are still there, but I think the people that we are seeing in person on a regular basis have been the same people now for a good bit of time. You know, I mean, there's a couple of newer entries, but um, for the most part, it's, it's been the same core group of people. I mean, the, the coven, you know, we all stayed together during the pandemic. Um, We're now where we were zooming and stuff like that. And now we're starting have not even starting. We have been meeting in person again. So but we all still, we kept in touch all during it. And then as soon as things were able to be in person again, we resumed. You know, we still, at least of those chosen people, what wanted to still maintain mm-hmm. that actual in-person connection. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, because I'm solitary. I haven't actually been part of a group in many years, um, my the people who initiated me are, are long passed away. And, you know, my former HPS is, you know, she's busy with family and other things. And it's just been, you know, we're not living very close to each other. So I'm, I'm finding that folks are practicing um, their, you know, chosen path kind of more by themselves. Do you specifically wait to practice when you have your group together or you guys do you guys have like a daily practice that you do or a weekly practice that you do whether or not you have the coven around? Mm, not a no I don't have a regular one. Um you know, I'll sit in front of the ancestor altar once in a while, change out the offerings, do yeah. you know, do like a tar- tarot card reading. Um, most of my like ritual and magic is with the coven usually, um, and that's just that's just how it's happening. It's not because it's by choice or anything like that. It's just how it's going down for me. But you're also more ritualistic, ritualistically driven to do stuff like that. So I think that's another reason why, like, you want to have, like, the group of everybody doing it all, all at one time. Yeah, but also the... Working towards a common cause type Yeah, of thing. but also just the practice right. in general has changed and the approach has changed. You know, mm-hmm. like, when I was more... Like, when I was going through Donald Michael Craig's Modern Magic a long time ago, I was doing the LBRP and the LBRH twice daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
as recommended in Liber Liber Reshvel Helios, you know, Crowley's ritual, you know. Um but but now I don't my witchcraft and practice has changed so much that it is not that formal anymore. You know, it is much more yeah. ingrained into my every every day. It's this there isn't necessarily a need for me to constantly touch base. Um Right. And that might also be I get partially that. that might also be yeah, you know, partially due to um our our air conditioner didn't wasn't working for a period of time, so we had window units in you know, so that we had air conditioning over the summer. And our ancestor altar was under the one window, so we had to, to take that down completely in yeah. order to have the air conditioner in there. We so. didn't we didn't have an air conditioner from like May until August. We had the window unit, so we and we had to. There was nowhere else for the ancestor altar to be, you know. It's it's right. where it was, and we had to disassemble it and put it away until finally the issues were resolved with the central air in the apartment, um, and it's back now. But that was it was a weird time, you know, without being able to have that that touchstone there, you know. Um, because even if, like, I'm not heavy on ancestor work in general because I have a very contentious relationship with my ancestors, uh, but I still like to sit same. at the altar. And yeah, part of it was I, just I, like, I'm you know, I can, light, I can light the, in, yeah, I can light the incense. It's, you know, we're looking out the window. I kind of sit and meditate. Sometimes I'll get trance. You know, the cat comes and hangs out with me. I get I get my own piece sitting in there doing my own things. You know, Chris goes into what he does there. He, he, you know, he'll pull the cards. I usually won't. Stuff like that. Um, so having that taken from us for that period was shitty. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I assume that would be difficult. See, as somebody who practices solitary, it's I, I've noticed that while there are things I like about working solitary, obviously I'm controlling the entire flow of everything that happens. Um, But I also noticed that I tended to get super lazy and I'm still coming out of my lazy phase. Cause I mean, I used to do, and this is just over the last few weeks that I have really slacked off, but I mean, I don't do something in the morning like I used to. I don't do something every evening like I used to. I'm just kind of going through the days and I don't know what the hell it is I am waiting to have happen, but it's almost like I'm waiting for something to happen. No clue as to what it is, but I would think that when you're part of a coven or you're leading a coven, especially you, you have to stay on top of your magic and you have to make sure that your practice is continuous. Wouldn't you say? Uh, not necessarily, and and because we're oh. all people, including including leaders. That's true. You know, That's everybody true. has an ebb and flow, and at least for me, I try to respect that. So if I'm feeling uninspired to practice, this is my downtime. You know, I I don't force myself and beat myself and shame myself into practicing. I just, I don't. I, that's just not how I view things. But it's also what what do people mean when they say my practice? You know, like does that mean you're not doing spell work? 
because that's not the whole of witchcraft. And Chris is making faces at me because he's heard this particular soapbox before. Because it's when people talk about like, oh, I haven't practiced witchcraft in a really long time. And it's like, well, when did you stop being uh-huh. a witch? Like, Ooh, it, it's okay. not something that you pick up and put down. You don't unlearn it. You you don't lose the connections to the spirit, your your spirits. You know, you don't lose your connection to the land or all of the things that makes a witch a witch. Yeah, well, and, and it's kind of like, you know, with someone who's just starting out, they might feel that they need to buy all the accoutrements before they could start practicing, yeah. quote unquote. So the, and then the reverse happens. Yeah. So when you don't have mm-hmm. the opportunity or you don't have the, the objects to use right. or whatever, what do you do? You know, you, you, you just you make do with what you have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I don't know. Absolutely. No, that's and that's a really good point because you know in some of my conversations, you know, with with folks, it's like, oh, you know, I feel awful, I don't feel connected, I don't feel, which is another series of of emotions altogether. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I've I've tried to maintain a daily practice, and your point is well noted. Um, you don't stop being a witch just because you don't you know, do your your um, your chant at a certain point in the day, every single day, or you haven't mm-hmm. made this particular offering at the time that you would normally make it, so maybe I made the offering two days later because that's when I was awake enough to do so. But, you know, sometimes I get into this, this thing where I beat myself up like I'm not keeping up my end of the agreement, as it were, because I'm just too tired. And it's like, this isn't Christianity, bitch. Calm down. No one is going <laughs> to, you know, you know what I'm saying, though? It's like no one is going to threaten you for not going to Wiccan study. It's like, but that's what used to happen to me as a kid. No, but you know what I mean? Like Bible study was, you know, Wednesdays and Fridays and Sunday nights. And we had, you know, all these other things in the Christian church that we had to do. Because, of course, my parents were Pentecost. Don't get me started. But you know what I mean? So there was all this different shit that needed to go down otherwise you were not being a good quote-unquote christian which i never fucking was because i never really was a christian so there's all that um but it's it's kind of amazing how the the indoctrination and their own ritual gets planted in the brain so well and it's like the guilt i mean yeah, even in Wicca, some of us feel guilty. It's kind of crazy. And it's like, wait a minute, you got away from those fucking people. Don't do it over here. Smarten up. Right, don't know? bring your baggage in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good <laughs> red flag to be like, oh, I'm still in that headspace. I'm still in that mindset, you know, like, um, yeah, check yourself, you know, get rid of all that I'm, baggage Okay, good. That's a better word than, yeah. Yeah. Get rid of all that package um, that, that you, you know, just recognize it when it happens and move on. Um, You know, because a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is extremely just toxic and useless. It really is. (laughs) And when I catch myself doing it, because I'm still guilty of it as much as, you know, anyone else who does it, um, 
it's like you're not that. You're not them. They are not you. They are not part of your practice. They are not judging you because they don't believe what you believe anyway. Let that go. (laughs) Expel the dirties and the nasties of, of their ritualistic minds. It's a totally different thing. I mean, to be honest with you, I used to love going um, to mass with my father-in-law, you know, when he was still alive, Catholic mass, very, very upright and stringent. And because I loved the incense <laughs> and I loved the ritual and I kind of dug the robes. I mean, truth be told, I like men who dress up for, you know, for fancy, you know, religious stuff. What can I say? But it's, it's not all of that. It doesn't care. It should not carry the guilt. So anybody else who is feeling like I have felt and, you know, you, you, you feel like you're not doing your part to keep up on your practice. Like the folks said, you know, no, 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 no. You don't stop being a witch or a pagan or whatever it is you practice just because you are tired and don't feel like sitting at your altar this particular evening. It is still there for you. You can always go back to it, which I think is a really important message because, Again, I, a lot of people have said to me, I feel so far away from everything. This pandemic has really fucked me up. Yes, fucked us all up. Very much so. This is not what we had on our bingo cards for 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, there were a lot of things not on our bingo cards that managed to fucking happen. It's been interesting. But um, so tell me, aside from all of that, and there was the good thing of you guys finally settling the house situation. Um, has has 2021 been better as far as, you know, just interpersonal stuff and, and getting things accomplished? Um, I don't know about getting things accomplished because none of that's been going on. But um, uh-huh. it's been better at the very least because we've been able to see the people that we love and yeah. restore at least a small sense of normalcy. You know, we just had yeah. our South Jersey Pagan Pride Day last week, nice. you know, and, and then Philly, the Philly Pagan Pride Day was like three or four weeks prior to that. You know, we didn't have those in 2020. Yeah. Um, and the Philly one was our first public appearance since before the pandemic. Um, so that that was uh-huh. intense to, to go to. And but it, it was good to have those again. Like it felt like. Like, life was still there, you know? It wasn't this constant yeah. sense of crushing ennui, you know, the the boring, especially for me working from home, the, the boring monotone of yeah. not having, to, you know, I'm very introverted. I don't need to be around people, but I need to have variety in what I see, you know? And if I can't even go sure. out and walk around Target without fear of just anything, um yeah, it starts to make you a little crazy on top of all of the other things that might be, you know, the normal stresses going on in life, you know, it just exacerbates everything. Um, so 2020 was better in that regard where we actually got to like see the people yeah. that we love um, significantly. Cool. So like not have to stand at arm's length outside. Yeah. A pagan event though must be a really interesting thing. You know, when you're trying to come out of pandemic, I've not been to a large event yet. 
and I'm I'm interested to see how people interact with each other. Um, you know, like in the events that you went to, were people wearing masks? What? How was that navigated? Yeah, like it, in both areas, Philly and in South Jersey, masks are um, recommended in public indoor settings and. Mm-hmm. Outdoor settings, if it's supposed to be if there's a certain number of people, um, which neither of those those events really hit. So oh, there okay. was a there was a total mix of people who were wearing masks and not wearing masks. I kept going back and forth because I just really wasn't sure how I wanted to do it, and I also I struggle with wearing a mask because of just uh, sense you know uh, sensory issues i have trouble with them on sure. my face um so I, I was taking it off and putting it on when people came to our vending space that i didn't know i would usually put it back on um but like mm-hmm. when i when i did my keynote i didn't i wasn't wearing it because god for uh, god yeah. forbid me me having to wear something on my face while i talked for almost an hour i would pass out um Especially with how fast I talk when I do presentations, but people who were there to see me talking were there, some of them, but there was like a moment where I was walking down because it's in this park, Clark Park in West Philly, and I was like walking down the one path where all the vendors were, and I didn't have a mask on because I had only run over to someone else's booth to do a thing, and as I was walking back mm-hmm. to our booth, I had this moment where this reality kind of crossed over into what it was like in the past for things. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit because in my head, I looked out across the park and I saw all those people there. And I said, how many of the people here right now have COVID? And Ooh, it fucked me up okay. for a while. Yeah. I got really yeah, freaked that's, out. That's, uh, I, I, can, I can understand that. That's a stressful moment and a stressful thought. Mm-hmm. And a not and it's a not unrealistic thought either. I mean, yeah. But I would tend to think that for the most part, and this could just be me pie in the sky in it, but I like to think for the most part, folks who are more like us tend to believe in the science. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's just I the bullshit I have... tell myself. Well, we were talking earlier about being disappointed in our friends. You know. Yeah. I I would love to believe that the people who were into witchcraft and paganism, you know, were the, uh, on the, the right side of the fence, I will call it, or or not, maybe not right. That's the wrong term. Proper side of the fence. Um, You know, the the people who care about people (laughs) side of the fence in all aspects of, you know, contention in politics, but it's just, it's every day is more and more evidence that, just because you're pagan or just because you're a witch doesn't mean that you believe in gay rights, LGBTQ rights, you know, women's rights, even for that matter, um, or civil rights. Like it's just there's so many people who are just yeah yeah led astray. I, I don't know. I don't, know the, I don't even know the terms for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Witchcraft's just... not inherently liberal. Yeah, I mean, I just get reminded just wow. in general, just with people in general, I just get reminded about them when I drive by a Chick-fil-A and I see a line of cars. I'm just like, a you, huge you, line of cars. I'm like all you people are assholes. Right. All of you. Right. Yep. Agreed. And that goes for anyone who's listening agreed. who goes to Chick-fil-A too. 
<laughs> in my opinion. It's, it's the insistence on supporting uh, proven issues, yeah. proven problems over personal convenience. You know, when someone's like, yeah, I know that Chick-fil-A does really horrible things, but I super love their lemonade. Uh, mm, do you? <laughs> Maybe you want to rethink that. Stance. Really? Do you love um, it more one... than you love your gay relatives? Do you love it right, more than right. you love giving people health care? Do you love it more? I mean, what is the value of your word? I, and I know that or even really, going that to... sounds over the top, but it's not. Where you put your money yeah. is where you put your mouth. And look at Hobby Lobby Sorry. And, and, all, and all the pagans and witches that I know of who support going to Hobby Lobby. Yeah, fuck Hobby Lobby. And they're like, yeah, but they've got the best stuff. And I'm Very like, yeah, good. fuck them. You know, just no, I'm not giving them my money. And like, granted, I don't think all of the places that I give my money to are paragons of virtue and purity either. You know, you can't right. be a multimillion dollar corporation without stepping on some necks. That unfortunately is American capitalism. And I recognize the system that I live in. And I try to make sure. my footprint as small as possible, as reasonably as possible. Um, so that involves going to places like Target. Listen, yes. <laughs> it's where I have to be able to buy some of my cleaning products. It's I don't make it a, a big deal, um, but I try to make my my footprint as small as reasonably possible within what I'm able to do. And I mm-hmm. don't accept any guilt for that. No, and you, I mean, listen, when you know better, when you have options, you do better. You know, it's like there's certain gas I won't buy. Like BP can mm. go fuck themselves forever, mm. in my opinion. Mm. Okay? Um, you can't destroy, yeah, I don't know how many millions and millions of of animals were affected and, you know, the water and people's lives and people's health, and we're still finding out. I mean, you know, anytime there's a huge oil spill, um, you got to kind of wonder, are they taking care of it or what's happening here? And, and people mm-hmm. who don't do the right thing, when you know about it, you stop supporting them. Shit. Let me tell you something. Talk about supporting people, and I had talked about this last week, but I'm going to bring it up again. I was a lifelong fan of Eric Clapton, and do you know Mm. I cannot even listen to this motherfucker's music anymore because of this non-masking, anti-vaxxing bullshit? And then I find out, wait, 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 then I found out that he was a racist. I'm like, what? So, yeah, I'm like, oh, we're not even with Eric Clapton anymore. And let me tell you something. That was from my childhood all the way until, you know, the last few months of, of him opening his stupid mouth. And then other people yeah. saying, well, didn't you know about this, too? And I'm like, uh, no, I didn't know about that, too. Because I don't, fo- mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like... I don't follow everything that falls out of a musician's mouth, but like mm-hmm. when you say something ultra fucking stupid, yeah, okay, we're done. Yeah. So no, yeah, I wasn't not, aware of I'm it. I'm not eating shit. Oh, uh, it's pretty new. Hmm. Oh yeah, and you know, it's like I'm not eating Chick Fil A. I'm not buying from Hobby Lobby. BP could be the last gas station. I don't give a shit. I'm not buying it. 
And um, Eric Clapton can go fuck himself now. So, you know, every time I find <laughs> something out, I just add it to a major roster of shit that I don't want to do anymore because I'm too old to put, you know, to put one more fucking red cent in a poisonous pocket. Listen, I know. I fill my car with gas. I can't trust that I am supporting liberals. I can't trust that I'm supporting good people. But in the instances that I know somebody's poison, I can at least avoid that as much as possible. Right. That's it. We're just yeah. trying to make good choices with the information that we have, right? Mm-hmm. To the best of your ability. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's all anybody can really do. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that you guys actually, you know, went to a public event. These are things I have not done yet. Um, and that, you know, life is starting to somewhat return. You've got a great new place to live, and I'm so excited for that. Um, I just think that's all really groovy. So now that those things are happening, um, do you have any online plans uh, coming up soon or in the next year? Are you guys going to be traveling at all to events in a major way? Well, we don't have any travel planned quite until 2022 when we're going to be at uh, uh-huh. Between the Worlds and Sacred Space. Um, but Neat. there is a virtual event coming up um, in November for the official Witches' Sabbath. It's online uh-huh. November 5th through November 7th. And it's being put cool on thing. as a partnership between um, Alchemy Arts, which is Lara Tempest-Sackroff, and Modern Witch University, uh-huh. Modern Witch, so like Devin Hunter and Matt Oren and uh, Storm Fairy Wolf is in it too, and Chaz, yeah. they're, they're all part of that Chaz entity. It's, they're, they're hosting yep. it. Um, and then there's awesome. a whole bunch of featured presenters, yep. uh, two of whom are us. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really neat event. They're doing a good job mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Um, if anyone's interested, oh, check great. it out online at uh, witchessabbat.com. And that's okay. Witches Sabbath and has two S's in it. So yeah, com. One word. Because yeah. it's a URL. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, in our last few minutes, and I'm so honored again that you stopped for a while just to hang out with me. I'm really grateful because I miss you when I don't talk to you. And I wanted to catch up on all the good stuff that was going on, like the house and, 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 you know, finding out that you've been out to public events is cool and you're doing stuff online, which is awesome. So people can actually see you and, and interact, which is fantastic. Maybe we are starting to come out of this shit a little bit, which is a relief, but, um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we go? Mm. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Nothing else. You want to talk about all the books we have to pack. (laughs) 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 Well, again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and thank Uh, Yeah, I understand. No, I've I've interrupted you long enough. I get it. Again, I appreciate you both for for stopping and spending some time with me. It was great to catch up. And we're going to have to do it again after you're settled into the house. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for having us. 
always. I love you both so much. You're both great. All right. Chris Oropello and Tara Love McGuire, thank you again, and I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful night. Keep packing. <laughs> thank you. Too. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody, I will be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. with the lovely Jessica Marie Baumgartner. And we are going to be talking about the magic of nature and some of the incredible things she does at home. She's, she's hilarious. You're going to love her. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>